The following audio is brought to you by the Davenant Institute. To learn more about or to support the Davenant Institute, go to davenantinstitute.org. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> Greg Parker, and for the Theology's yeah, Gardener. All right, perfect. So when I was a seminary student, uh, I worked for a landscaping company called Anasquam Land Care. The company utilized all sorts of natural and organic practices. For example, it often involved being on my hands and knees and pulling just the littlest bit of weeds out of people's yards, or sometimes they used a tribe of goats to clear out someone's property. Uh, In one particular property, we had planted bamboo along a fence uh, to kind of be something that would protect the neighbors from being able to see another neighbor's property. Uh, If you know anything about bamboo, though, it is an invasive species in America, and it grows very rapidly. And you have to plant it in very special containers. And if it gets out of these containers, the property owners can get in a lot of trouble because it's invasive. So one time we did have to go into a property on our hands and knees and pull out all this bamboo that had invaded into the landscape. It is my contention today that the Theological Encyclopedia is a tool that is meant to play a similar role in theology as a gardener tending to a landscape. In Bavink, we will find that he utilizes philosophy in his encyclopedia, what Sem may consider as an invasive species in the task of theology. Yet he gives philosophy a tertiary role, such that what remains central is theology. Nonetheless, the theological encyclopedia may make use of bamboo, of philosophy, to facilitate its cultivating, beautifying, and organizing activity. At the same time, the theological encyclopedia, and if you'd like to uh, have a drinking game or anything, if you get bored, uh, you can take a sip every time I say encyclopedia, because I'm going to say it quite a bit. Uh, But at the same time, the encyclopedia must be wary of allowing philosophy to become invasive. So first, I'll introduce you guys kind of to the idea of encyclopedia, followed by an exploration of what makes it theological, and then consider the task of theological encyclopedia. What I will unveil is a principled engagement with modern philosophy, and this engagement has implicit significance for understanding both Bavink's organic and eclectic task and explicit application for how Protestants uh, today might engage with philosophy. the encyclopedia, kind of on a larger scale, is a, uh, a tool that has been mostly lost from Anglophone theological studies. If I were to kind of pose the question to you guys, what is the theological encyclopedia? Most of you might think of Encyclopedia Brown from your childhood and reading stories. You might think of a traveling salesman if you're a little bit older who visited either you or your parents uh, with some sort of dictionary. Uh, with extended references, uh, but this is not at all what the encyclopedia is. So that's what you have in your mind. Just completely wash it out, and we'll start fresh right here. So the word encyclopedia, according to Bavink, comes from the combination of two Greek words, anguklios and pedia. Uh, together, the two have the connotation of the orbis doctrine that were necessary for a man of culture. The total enterprise of dividing and categorizing the various scientific disciplines into entire system gradually developed as the sciences themselves expanded. So how does the encyclopedia fit 
with the other sciences. Well, Bobbing puts it succinctly, uh, and I will apologize, there will be a, a kind of a ton of quotes. Uh, this is sort of the, uh, probably the most original of my own research that I'm doing, and so it draws a ton from archival resources, and I'm kind of keen for you guys to hear what Bobbing himself has to say. Uh, so I hope that you'll, you'll kind of tolerate my heavy uh, quoting of him. But so Bobbing puts it succinctly, this encyclopedia stands therefore not on the same line alongside, but is in the middle and above the subjects oriented in the Orbis doctrine. It is the fount, the center or middle point from which the circumference is surveyed. It is the science of the sciences, the central science, therefore in essence, philosophy, as this is truly encyclopedia. The encyclopedia then watches over, organizes, and orders the various disciplines and identifies how they fit together. The encyclopedia is not a science among the sciences, but is the science of the sciences. It is an organizing and developmental discipline that is concerned with how the sciences might flourish toward their own ends and yet exist in harmony with other disciplines. Therefore, as theology became organized and expanded, it necessarily developed its own encyclopedia, the theological encyclopedia. In the 18th and 19th century, the theological encyclopedia uh, was an indispensable tool in the theologian's conceptualization, conceptualization of how the various parts of the theology related to each other. The issues of the organization of knowledge, the unity of theology's various parts, and theology's relationship to the rest of the faculties in the university were all problems facing theology. These problems were addressed and tended to by the theological encyclopedia. Scholar Zachary Purvis has argued that the birth and maturation of the theological encyclopedia was fostered alongside the development of the university. He also indicated that it was through the rise of the university that theology emerged as a self-conscious and scholarly enterprise. This is not dissimilar to Bavink, who writes likewise that the unity of the sciences is embodied in the university. In Bavink's narrative, theology as a distinct discipline in the university is consequently accompanied by the development of the encyclopedia. What is the theologic, theological encyclopedia then? Well, the theological encyclopedia, to kind of repeat if we're getting lost, is the tool that conceptualizes the historical origin and development of the distinctions between the various theological disciplines and theology's relationship to the academy. This tool of encyclopedia is formally absent from Anglophone theological discourse, though, rem uh, though the remnants of its usefulness remain present as a phantom. What makes the encyclopedia theological, and that's in italics if you're uh, trying to catch the emphasis there. Well, Bobbing's understanding of theology is indexed around a motif that pervades his writing on the nature, purpose, and scope of theology, the doxological conclusion found in Romans 11.36. All things are from him, through him, and to him. To him be glory forever. Amen. Throughout his corpus, Bavink consistently perceives all theological knowledge and activity as proceeding from God, all true theological activity as occurring through God's self-disclosure of himself in the Word and ultimately in Christ, and the revealing, reforming, and sustaining work of the Spirit, 
and all true theology serving God and his glory. In an undated set of student lecture notes on Bavinck's Theological Encyclopedia, Bavinck is recorded as critiquing theology that has a Christological starting point and arguing instead that theology must have a theological starting point. He states, from a Christological point of view, God does not come into his own either. It is only from the theological point of view that, God, that theology moves from, works through, and returns to God, end quote. Exemplifying this Romans 11:36 paradigm, he points to this motif again in his 1902 lectures on the Theological Encyclopedia. There it is written, quote, God is the author, object, or content, and also the end of theology. From him, through him, and to him are all things also in theological science, end quote. In Bavinck's Guidebook for Instruction in the Christian Religion, which just has been translated by me uh, and Cameron Clausing, uh, it's not available for purchase here, but it is available on Amazon if, if this piques your interest. Yeah. All right, end of the marketing. Um, so in guidebook, he encapsulates all knowledge of God under Romans 11.36. In this same book, we see this motif appear succinctly across his chapter on the Trinity. In a word, quote, the first person of the divine being is the Father, because from him are all things. As all, all things are from the Father, so are they also through the Son. While all things are from the Father and through the Son, they all exist and rest in the Holy Spirit. It is the Father from whom, it is the Son by whom, it is in the Spirit in whom all things exist. From the Father, through the Son and Spirit, come all things in creation and recreation. And in the Spirit and through the Son, they all return to the Father. End quote. So in this Romans 11.36 motif, Bavinck's Trinitarian theological program is really encapsulated. One might conclude that for Bavinck, the entire enterprise of theology is framed through an exposition of Romans 11.36, and that theology is theological when it understands its task as from, through, and to God. As such, the encyclopedia remains theological when it is properly ordered and indexed by divine activity that descends to man and redeemed human activity that ascends to God. How does the theological encyclopedia's claim to be central to the sciences relate to philosophy, uh, which had held the mantle of being at the center of the sciences? Question. At this point, we need to take a closer look at Bavinck's theological encyclopedia its context and philosophical influences to understand how this task is explicitly engages with philosophy. Um, so if we place Bavinck within the philosophical context of the previous century, his employment of philosophy in the theological encyclopedia becomes clear. When Bavinck began teaching at the theological school in Compton, his teaching load included teaching the theological encyclopedia. Uh, several partial manuscripts exist of Bavinck's encyclopedic thoughts. Uh, but much like his Reformed Ethics, uh, recently published in English, he left his encyclopedic project unfinished and to the dust of the archives. Uh, this is likely for both ethics and encyclopedia on account of his movement to the Freie Universität of Amsterdam in 1902, which, is, which was accompanied by a reduction in his teaching load. He no longer taught ethics, encyclopedia, or philosophy, which were already being taught by the other professors. But it is interesting to note that he does do quite a bit of philosophical work after moving uh, where he kind of stops doing encyclopedic work. Just a 
a sidebar. Um, but it is best to perceive Bavink as partaking in a discussion that stretched from the beginning of the 19th century to the dawn of the 20th century over the nature of philosophy. Encyclopedia intimately relates to this idea of Wissenschaftler. Um, if you do have the document pulled up or anything, at the very end of the document, I've included like a little uh, reference garden, um, which has some of these German terms. I kind of further explain for you if you get a little lost. But Wissenschaftler may be defined as a term that conceptualizes philosophy as a scientific system of knowledge that embraces all sciences. Uh, Franz Staudenmeier, who lived from 1800 to 1856, appears to be Bavink's chief interlocutor uh, in his discussion of what Wissenschaftler is. Staudemeyer was a significant figure in German Catholic theology in the first half of the 19th century, and Bavink's primarily engagement with him is restricted to the encyclopedia. Following Staudemeyer, Bavink acknowledges that the concept of, encyc of encyclopedia sought to provide purpose for humanity, unity to the sciences, and harmony to all things, and that this was first recognized in the philosophy of Fichte, Schelling, and Hegel. Therefore, while Staudemeyer is downstream, the fountainhead is really Fichte, Schelling, and Hegel. In his 1901 or 1902 Theological Encyclopedia lecture notes, Bavink points to this word, Wissenschaftler, uh, which he defines as teaching of the sciences, and its accompanying discourse as having its theological roots in Fichte's Wissenschaftler. So Fichte's idea of the Wissenschaftler originates in his work Grundlag der Gesamten Wissenschaftler, a book that had a sizable impact on German idealism and later the Romantic movement. Bavink's notebooks on the encyclopedia reveal a historical indebtedness to Fichte, Schelling, and Hegel on the concept of the organism and encyclopedia. Nonetheless, he was not their disciple. In the remainder of his works, in particular in Reformed Dogmatics, he levels sharp critiques against all three. In fact, many of the central themes of organism, an organic whole, the common idea, the reciprocal relationship between the parts and the whole, were somewhat an unexceptional thinking by the turn of the 19th century. They had really gained common currency by this point, so such to strictly identify him with one of these figures would probably be overly ambitious. Uh, all the fun stuff's in the footnotes there, but I'll leave that to you guys. So Bavik makes liberal use then of this German uh, Catholic theologian in his encyclopedic writings, uh, particularly 1901 and 1902, in which he describes uh, the organic nature of the encyclopedia. Uh, Staudemeyer calls the theological encyclopedia the Wissenschaftler. Like Staudemeyer, uh, Bavink places theology and not philosophy at the center of the sciences. Theology is the science that connects the various disciplines because it is at the center and the crux of the sciences. Bavink writes, quote, The theological encyclopedia is therefore theology itself, developed and systematically ordered, a compendium to theology, theology in noose, or theology in a nutshell, theological Wissenschaftler, the conclusion being that the encyclopedia has proved theology as a science, end quote. The theological encyclopedia functions then in the role of philosophy, and as such it is the science of the sciences at the heart of the encyclopedia of knowledge. In this respect, theology functions as the universal Wissenschaft. It is the universal Wissenschaft because the theological encyclopedia is the Wissenschaftslehre, so it is the organizing uh, science. 
Um, what are the organic features of Bobbin's Encyclopedia? Um, and this is kind of getting into uh, more like insider trading Bovink talk, um, uh, but I think it's kind of important for our discussion. So if you're completely lost on, on this, in like two minutes, you'll be able to jump right back in. But uh, Bruce Pass has argued for Bovink's organicism as having congruency with the formal properties of Schelling's uh, natural philosophy. Going beyond Wienhoff and Eglinton, Pass identified five features of Bovink's organicism. Uh, unity and diversity, the priority of the whole over the parts, the governing role of a living force idea, that was four, uh, and theological orientation, and five, the congruency of mechanical and theological explanation. Uh, Bovink's encyclopedic writings lend credence to this claim. Uh, the various parts of the encyclopedia are a unified whole in which the diverse parts find their theological significance in relation to the whole, which is governed by the life principle. So Bobink writes of the organism, quote, in an organism, two things are at stake, the life principle and the parts or members, end quote. And this is the true, this is true of the theological encyclopedia. Notably, Bobink writes of theological encyclopedia itself as an organism. Uh, I think this quote is in your brochure. Uh, this encyclopedia shows us unity in the diversity of theology courses indicating connection, coherence, order, location, system, and organism. The value of the encyclopedia appears therein. And this is still a quote. If the encyclopedia does not know where to place a course, then it does not belong there. An organism is a whole with parts, which all take their own place. Not too many, not too few. Uh, science is also an organism, not an aggregate. aggregate. Coincidentally throughout and blended, coincidentally thought out and blended together but belonging and having grown together, end quote. So there is a unity in the diversity of the theological encyclopedia with each course synthetically partnering with the rest. The various subsections belong together and the unity in the diversity of theology courses in the encyclopedia show connection, coherence, order, location, system, and organism. The unfolding of the organic motif then relies on the balance between the whole and its parts. What facilitates the diversity of the encyclopedia is the role the various parts play in relation to the whole, such that theological porridge is made out of the sciences, not too many and not too few. The constitutive grounding life principle, the Lebensbeginsel, is orchestrated by the common idea. Bavink considers, and this is really important to him, the idea as central to the concept of encyclopedia. For the theological encyclopedia, this is theology. In a telling passage, he writes, quote, Organism is a cycle of life, affirming and investigating relationships. It is the highest form of being. Thus, the scientific organism is also the form of completed truth. Every part of a science has its scientific truth only in its connection with the whole system. There is thus no science without a system. Where a coincidence prevails, there is no true knowledge. The encyclopedia is thus the opposite of an aggregate of skills. It starts from the idea of a special science from which the various parts emerge as a unity, and this idea is the center. The encyclopedia, end quote, uh, the encyclopedia is a system that has a life principle as its animating center. This idea orchestrates the various parts such that they may relate to one another in harmony. This idea for theology is God as he has revealed himself. 
In other words, the theological encyclopedia is animated by theology, which has its life principle in the knowledge of God. Bavink also connects theology to the other sciences and to the church. Uh, notably, then, it appears that the organism of the theological encyclopedia has its mechanical counterpart in the university. As such, the theological encyclopedia, organism, and university, Davenant Institute, I mean Institute, <laughs> are in a similar symbiotic relationship as the dual ontology of the church as organism and institution. The university suffers when the theological encyclopedia suffers. Likewise, when the theological encyclopedia is well-developed and organized, the university thrives. Therein, the theologian is accorded a pivotal role, just as office bearers in the church play a significant role. Nonetheless, the university is not a divine institution, and therefore, properly speaking, theology and the theologian serve not the university, but the church. At this point, we must return to Bavink's conception of the encyclopedia among the sciences. The role of the encyclopedia among the sciences is to identify and expose the connections between the various subjects. It serves to bring the sciences together not artificially, but organically through the object. Therefore, when Bavink writes of both theology and encyclopedia as the central science, it is not because the sciences orbit two suns, like Tatooine. Rather, just as the fusion of the sun's core creates both heat and light, which reveals the sun itself, light, and produces effects, heat, on those within its radiation, theology illuminates the proper teleological place of all sciences and effectually organizes them in the activity of encyclopedia. In this way, the sciences really orbit one discipline, that of theology, but the activity of this discipline is effectual at illuminating both theology's own task and the proper role of all the other sciences. This organizing activity takes place likewise when encyclopedia is turned inward at theology itself. Bavink writes, and I believe this is the other quote in the uh, brochure, the subject of theological encyclopedia can only be given by a theologian. The philosopher cannot do this. The theological encyclopedia is a system of theology, so it must not be dominated by philosophy, but entirely through theology. The encyclopedia is bound to her object, theology, and this is also her home. The theological encyclopedia, and this is a concept we'll uh, I'll pull on next, is the self-consciousness of theology. The encyclopedia as the self-consciousness of theology is a concept that he likely borrowed from Hegel. Bavink links self-consciousness and theology in an archival encyclopedia to Hegel. Hegel's concept of self-consciousness is indebted to Fichte and Schelling. Uh, there's a great line by um, a philosopher named Frederick Byers, uh, Bazer about uh, Hegel being a tortoise. Uh, so essentially, Beiser's claim is that Schelling and Fichte were uh, kind of more influential in their time, but Hegel was the tortoise that just kind of outlasted them, and so now we're all uh, in kind of in Hegel's shadow in a way. But So Hegel's concept of self-consciousness is, is indebted to Fichte and Schelling. Indeed, it was Fichte who placed self-consciousness at the center of all things, as that which provided organization, development, and purpose, and it was Schelling whose organic concept of identity pushed to overcome the dualism of subject and object. Hegel's argument via Schelling was to overcome the dualisms of the subject and object through an animating life force, 
which was at different degrees of development and organization. This identity of the subject and object is realized in the self-consciousness. In this manner, the subject, theology, finds itself in the other encyclopedia, which together are driven along by the Lebensbeginsel, theology. If this appropriation of Hegel's idea is correct, we might well consider self-consciousness, the theological encyclopedia, as a fruit of theology. Applied to Bovink's argument, it would reveal that theological encyclopedia as the self-reflective and developing agent within theology. In this manner, theological development is intimately connected to the development of the encyclopedia. The theological encyclopedia thus becomes the medium by which theology comes to understand itself. In line with Hegel, the theology becomes embodied in the theological encyclopedia. As Bavink writes, quote, it is certain that the theological encyclopedia is not next to or on par with the other theological subjects because it encompasses them all. It is also not a bare introduction or appendix to theology, but it is the whole system of theology itself in Verjungen Gestalt, in a more focused form. And that's Hegelian language. Uh, the theological encyclopedia is the science of theology, which orders and arranges theology according to its object, content, and goal. It is a science that is organic, a whole that is irreducible to its parts, and in which no part is dispensable or isolated. It is a science which takes up mechanical form in the university, and as the self-consciousness of theology, it contemplates the organization and development of theology and shares in the identity of theology. Moreover, the theological encyclopedia is necessarily theological. It must be driven by its animating life force, which is to say, by theology itself. Uh, in the final section of this uh, presentation, I want to consider some points of application and uh, construction from the preceding introduction to Bavink's Theological Encyclopedia. I'm tired of saying that word. The first for its significance is primarily for the field, so this first point uh, is primarily for Bavink studies itself, although one hopes that the Lord will bless the fruits that follow. Uh, the second gestures towards a constructive direction to take Bavink's Encyclopedia, uh, so maybe a little bit more of my own voice. Um, and I'm, I'm, I am really interested in maybe discussing uh, some of that, so I'd love if you guys would tear that down and, and let me know how we should do it. Uh, and then finally, the third is a call for the recovery of the theological encyclopedia in Anglophone theological curriculum. So point one. The grammar of the theological encyclopedia reveals Bobbing's appropriation of modern grammar, but in a principled manner. In Bavink's historical recapitulation of the development of theology and the theological encyclopedia, he identifies that the church historically organized theology into a fourfold form, exegetical, systematic, historical, and practical. This fourfold form was oriented by the task of theology itself. In the 19th century, this fourfold form was supplanted by Friedrich Schleiermacher's threefold encyclopedia, philosophical, historical, and practical. According to Bavink, the theological encyclopedia's transformation from a fourfold task into a threefold task was due to the reorienting of the encyclopedia around philosophy. 
In the wake of Schleiermacher, Bobink envisions the dominant issue facing the theological encyclopedia is succumbing to the invasive influence of philosophy. In Bobink's own theological encyclopedia, he imagines that he has successfully recovered the theological encyclopedia. Don't we all? Uh, yet Bobink's own shaping of the theological encyclopedia is philosophical. Uh, the organism of the theological encyclopedia utilizes romantic vocabulary, imagining the encyclopedia as the self-consciousness of theology in a more focused form, or the Juntin Gestalt, bears the influence of Schelling and Hegel, and the encyclopedia is Wissenschaftslehre, indebted to Fichte. The theological task, however, remains indexed by scripture. The encyclopedia is excuse me, theological because it moves from through and to God in its very ordering. It remains theological as it attends to and thinks after scripture. The theological encyclopedia, grammar is organic, but the starting point, form, center, content, and goal is theological. Bobink's encyclopedia is emblematic then of his orthodox yet modern program in which he appropriates modern, often philosophical grammar and resources it toward reformed ends. Uh, point two, Bobink's encyclopedia does not, does not need an organic lobotomy, but perhaps an Augustinian reconstruction would be useful. The most provocative aspect of Bruce Pass's Bobink dissertation, The Heart of Dogmatics, is the suggestion that organicism has run its course and that Bobinkian resourcement may be better off without it. Why prune organicism from Bobink's garden? Well, Pass contests that organicism is accorded primarily, apart from ecclesiology, an apostory or tertiary role in Bobink's theology, and therefore we can retrieve Bobink without this philosophical appendage. Pass's lobotomy calls for a removal of organic language and constructive Bavinkian retrieval. The encyclopedia, however, creates a quandary for Pass's proposed lobotomy, namely that the whole of Bavink's conception of knowledge is conceived as theologically organic. This has wide-stretching implications from the conception of the university to theology's role therein. Uh, Bavinkian retrieval then faces two dangers. On one side is seeing with Bavink or neo-Calvinism on a broader scale an all-in-one balm for all theological problems, or a hammer suitable, suitable for every nail, screw, and nut. The dying words of this side being, Bavink is pretty good on this. Um, the other danger facing Bavinkian retrieval is a disregarding of the lessons that might be learned by attending to his most constructive movements. In the case of encyclopedia, organicism is quite fundamental to his fundamental to his conception of the encyclopedia and would be difficult to prune. Is the organicism of the encyclopedia a philosophical bamboo that has jumped out of its proper place? Question. And that's a lingering question for us maybe to discuss. Um, it is my contention that while Bavink borrows philosophical grammar in his conception of organism, organism, and especially in its unfurling in the encyclopedia, that the wielding of philosophy in this case offers greater clarity to the task of theology. At minimum, the organism as it relates to Bavink's conception of encyclopedia is a beneficial employment of philosophy. Nonetheless, in what follows in this subpoint, a hope to constructively reimagine Bavink's encyclopedia sans Hegel, while also being attuned to his constructive deployment of the interface between theology, encyclopedia, and theologian. 
One possibility would be to read the relationship between theology, the encyclopedia, and theologian via Augustine's Trinitarian psychology. Make no mistake, this too is philosophical, but it might bring Bavink into grounds more amenable to pass. In this way, the Trinitarian analogies of Augustine might be employed. For example, the inner man, or mind, self-knowledge, and self-love. The novelty of encyclopedia, conceived as the self-consciousness of theology, might be reduplicated in the self-knowledge of the mind. The task of the theologian, then, is one of love. Helpfully, mind, self-knowledge, and self-love depict human, creaturely, ectypal realities, which engender humility at the creatureliness of theology, implying all three. The task of theology requires all three. Indeed, the name of theology implies all three. And just as the mind begets another in knowledge, the theological encyclopedia exists as an uttered word which reflects theology. Yet this is driven along by the theologian in love, the theologian who adores the God of theology and the task given to her. This analogy of Augustine, of course, is stretched across the unity and diversity of the Trinity. It it might be too bold to suggest that theology, encyclopedia, and the theologian might occupy a similar unity and diversity. Yet the most helpful of Augustine's Trinitarian analogies for this task might be that of perception. In perception, for example, the thing we see, the external vision, and the mental attention or intention each have their own distinct nature. Theology, then, is the revealed knowledge of God which takes up an embodied form in a theological encyclopedia. The theologian attends to both, uniting them in the activity of theology. This perception, trinity of the outer man, also avoids being attached to the trinity, with Augustine making it abundantly clear how each has their own nature. This may have to suffice for now, but retooling the theological encyclopedia around Augustine's psychology might be fruitful. And then thirdly, um, and I kind of expect a lot of amens in this one, so um, give them to me. No. <laughs> Uh, Thirdly, the theological encyclopedia haunts the Anglophone theological curriculum in the phantom of the theological curriculum. And so it's a call for the recovery of encyclopedia. The future of theological education is being forced upon the academy by technology, pandemics, increased costs, both mechanical and organic, and plummeting enrollment. Meanwhile, most Christian universities or seminaries, institutes have responded by increasing online offerings cutting full-time faculty, bloating administration, decreasing degree requirements, and elevating student satisfaction surveys. During this bleakening academic moment, one might properly ask, what might a theological encyclopedia have to offer? In In this respect, I believe the university curriculum ought to recover the concept of encyclopedia. Theological curriculum is in a danger of no longer being theological. One example of this is Christian universities, seminaries' obsessions with the concept of leadership in its courses and degrees. At many of these schools, one can receive a bachelor's, master's, and even a doctor of ministry in leadership in a school of divinity. At one school I looked at, the only doctoral degree the theological department offered was in, you guessed it, leadership. It might surprise one to find out that leadership at the forefront of evangelical theological departments is more attuned to Schleiermacher's encyclopedia than Bavink's by giving practical theology the seat of honor. This might display that most schools have a functioning phantom encyclopedia, even if it is not explicit, namely Schleiermacher's. 
A recovery of encyclopedia might allow theological departments and Christian universities to have a clearer conception of their task. Thank you. <laughs> the theological encyclopedia then might fulfill its role as a gardener of theology, attending to the spurious bamboo that has invaded it. Uh, in this case, a little like a, a bait and switch. Uh, and that theology, uh, philosophy is not necessarily the invasive bamboo I'm, I'm suggesting leadership is. Um, but this is not to suggest that the university ought strictly to be about theology, but rather that theological departments ought to be. A recovery of, recovery of the theological encyclopedia may not bring with it a wholesale recovery of theological education. Nonetheless, it is my contention that an encyclopedia-informed curriculum will better serve the church than an ad hoc phantom of one driven by university mission statements. And that's all I had. If you enjoy this free audio from the Davenant Institute, please like, subscribe and share. We invite you also to join our email list if you want to hear about upcoming events, new content or course offerings at Davenant Hall. Links are in the description.